0: You're listening to Shalice's Podcast.
1: All right. Well, Father, thank you for Kingdom Connections. Thank you for Bishop Inglehart. Thank you for just sending this podcast far and wide. Father, I pray that this would be a catalyst for people to step into greater freedom and let go of fear-based doctrines. I thank you for the grace and the anointing that is on, Bishop. I thank you, God, that uh, you have equipped him for such a time as this and that you are amplifying his voice all over the globe. And I just count it an honor and a privilege to have him here today. And so as we talk today, Father, just uh, open people's hearts, make them receptive uh, to uh, just transformation and learning something new. Uh, help them handle uh, triggers or challenges that may come up while we're talking. And we just trust you to lead and guide them into all truth and to bring them into a greater level of maturity and intimacy with Jesus Christ. So thank you in advance for everything we're going to be talking about today. Amen, amen, amen. Well, welcome, Bishop.
0: Well, oh, thank you. It's great great to be here.
1: Oh my goodness. Finally. I know you guys, we have tried. <laughs> this is our third attempt at it's getting true. together to do this podcast, which tells me that there's you know, there's some gonna be some whack on it yeah. uh, because Bishop <laughs> is uh, filled you guys with revelation, with knowledge and his book. Myths and mistranslations. I just am going to tell you already that you need to go uh, get that book. We'll, you know, make sure that we get the information there for you to get uh, connected with the book, connected with bishops, other resources as academy and stuff. But he really is a, a walking encyclopedia of theology and has been instrumental, not only in my journey, but when I pastored for eight years, uh, instrumental in the journey that we had with the church of helping us, uh, first of all, be free. Just totally be free to be ourselves and not be conformed to a Christian version of ourselves, yep. you know, and give us freedom to really question. And in you guys that listen to my podcast all the time, you know, I don't always give you answers, but I do tell you and challenge you to question the things that we've been taught in Western evangelical, evangelicalism, can't talk Um, and in fundamental Christianity. So we're going to jump in today, Bishop, let's do a little bit. Let's start with an introduction. Let's talk a little bit about your background in ministry and how you got to this place of questioning the things that we're taught in traditional church and, you know, what brought you to writing this book and, and what you do really now all over the globe. Sure.
0: Well, first of all, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, we tried this doing this online yeah. and I was gonna be speaking in Chicago so I called and said, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna come hang out with you guys and we yep. can do the podcast yep. live. So yep. that that way if anything happens, it's not my internet, it would it would be here. So in Jesus' name, <laughs> this internet's gonna be fine today. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh those of you that have no grid on on kind of who we are, uh my wife and I we've been married, uh, we just celebrated our thirty-third year uh marriage and ministry, we have two absolute amazing children uh that are Crazy gifted themselves, two amazing in loves, a son in love and a daughter in love, and two of the most beautiful granddaughters on the planet. That is our absolute uh, joy. I've been not only doing that all these years, I was born and raised in this um, third generation, uh, kind of more classical Pentecostal preacher on one side of the family, second on the other. My grandma <clears throat> in the 30s and 40s was a part of helping starting. Churches all over mid-Michigan, what they called Brush Harbor meetings. Mm. That was back when they were all kicked out of the church because they got tongues. (laughs) And they went out in the woods and, like, cleared some area and tarried for the Holy Spirit. You know, of course, years later, I had to tell you, you didn't have to do that. Yeah, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, But rich background there. But, of course, with that also came all kinds of uh, wonderful encounters that Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for. Yep. But also some crazy teaching. Uh, You know, bad, a lot of bad theology in in a lot of areas. And uh, 20 years ago now, uh, of course, my family, I've been traveling all these years. My family traveled with me, uh, took my wife and two kids, 43 states, seven nations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now I've hit 48 and 17. Um, And uh, they traveled with me. They did music. They did all kinds of stuff. Uh, But at least two, 250 times a year, I'm traveling all around the country as a family, preaching, singing, doing everything else. And then. Uh, 20 years ago, I began to lead a network of churches, uh, where I serve leaders. That is a, a great joy in my life. And then we also started a church in uh, Saginaw, Michigan and led that for about five years, turned it over to uh, another person. And, uh, in that process, uh, that's where my kids met their spouses and, mm-hmm. and we started in the inner city and had a really fun, eclectic uh, group of people to say the least. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that, that's just a little bit about yeah. background where we yeah, come from.
1: It's good. Good. Well, let's talk now a little bit about what led you into obviously what's writing this book, yep. but really the call that you've had to bring truth and healing from fear based doctrines yep. in the church.
0: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> specifically, uh, almost 13 years ago now, is when the Holy Spirit, I mean, I feel like it was like this extremely clear mandate mm. that. Everywhere I go when I travel, uh, unless it's doing like an apostolic function, like ordaining or something like Mm. that, uh, the main two things to deal with when I travel and and speak is, number one, to remove all fear-based doctrine, because fear and love cannot coexist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two, secondly, repaint the Father Mm. to the church, because people are cool with Jesus Mm -hmm. they're a little skeptical of the Holy Spirit sometimes, <laughs> you know, it, it depends on their background, yeah. but the father, most are still terrified of. Mm. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Kind, of, kind of what got me uh, mm-hmm. on the road being raised the way I was raised. We were raised, um, very godly, uh, wonderful parents, but also at that time, very legalistic, didn't have a TV, you know, until we were, I don't know, I think nine, 10 years old. And then even then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, taught against TV. Didn't go to my, my first movie till I was 13. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I tell people all the time, my mom has a PhD, mm-hmm. which is a Pentecostal hairdo. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs>
1: she
0: does. Yeah, it's, it's she does. My mom is precious awesome. as they go.
1: Awesome.
0: Uh, but, but, uh, for me, when I, when I was, when I was 10 years old, we moved from a little town in Northern Michigan to, um uh, mid Michigan where I was
2: mm-hmm.
0: raised pretty much the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And we lived up till three years mm-hmm.
2: ago.
0: And, uh, When we moved, my best friend, he was like three years older than me. His name was Todd. And uh, Todd lived at our house. Mm -hmm. I mean, Todd, uh, he he came to church with us. He he received Christ. Went to camp with me. Was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ate almost every night at our house Mm because his house wasn't safe. His mom was addicted to prescription drugs. His his dad was in jail. Mm -hmm. His brother uh, had autism and was special needs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, his home was just chaotic. Uh, but then we left. Mm-hmm. And so every, every week him and I, we would talk on the phone. We, we stayed friends, but, uh, I think it was around October. We moved in June. Uh, I came home from school and my parents sat me down and they said, Jamie, we need to talk to you. Uh, Todd died.
2: Mm. And
0: I'm like, what do you mean he died? Mm-hmm. I, I just mm-hmm. talked to him last week and they said, well, they got around some friends and they had him try some heroin and they mm-hmm. gave him too much mm-hmm. and he OD'd and he died. And I mean, I, I was distraught. Yeah. I remember looking at my parents and I said, well, Todd's in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, this was my parents' understanding. They, they, they wouldn't say this today, mm-hmm. but their understanding back then, my dad was like, well, uh, no, son. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's in hell. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, what do you mean? I mean, he received Jesus. He's filled mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and my dad was like, well, he's past the age of accountability. He's 13. Oh, Mm-hmm. And, and, and he had only been 13 for a couple of months. And yeah. so, you know, my 10 year old brain, even back then mm-hmm. <laughs> questioning was like, so what you're telling me is if he would have, if this would have happened two and a half months ago, when he was still 12 mm-hmm. on the 12th month, on the 30th day at 1159, he'd be in. Yeah. But because all of a sudden he, he became this magical number, mm-hmm. don't pass go, don't collect $200 straight to hell. I mean, it just, yeah. and, and I'm, I remember that was the moment mm-hmm. that started my rebellion setting in my heart against the father. Yep. You know, and and really against the church. And by the time I was thirteen, you know, I was I became I became the preacher's kid. that told you to stay away from, him, you know, <laughs> yeah. just constant fights, drugs, mm-hmm. alcohol, I mean, anything mm-hmm. I could get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I made up my mind I didn't want anything to do with that God because yeah. he's petty, right? You know, and so that really started me mm-hmm. on a journey of questioning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I still remember uh, when we lived up there. I was ten years old, and my dad had a uh, an end time seminar in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And and we brought a guy in from Sunday to Sunday (laughs)
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and and I'll never forget. We did morning sessions and evening. Of course I had to go to every one of them, sit in a wooden pew, Mm -hmm. not move for hours at a time. I always Mm -hmm. tell me Bob already been to hell, you know, just (laughs) a five-year-old having to sit in a wooden pew for four hours. That's like hell to a five-year-old. But uh, after Sunday to Sunday, that man leaves. Then the next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we watch those cheesy seventies movies Mm -hmm. A Thief in the Night A Distant Thunder, the Mark of the Beast. And I mean, I'm, Terrifying. I'm terrified. Terrifying. And mm-hmm. so Thursday we're having a family meal and my dad looks across the table at me and he said, so Jamie, son, what'd you think about all that over the last 10 days?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this was my 10 year old brain already. I mm-hmm. said, well, dad, kind of what I got out of that is we that pray the right prayer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We get to go to heaven with Jesus for seven years and sip tea and lemonade and have a party mm-hmm. Why, all of our family and friends are having their heads chopped off. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of seven years, we get to jump on a spirit horse with Jesus and come <laughs> back with swords and spears and slaughter everybody else. Is that about right? And my dad was like, "Well, yeah, kinda." And I said, "I'm not interested." I mean, my my brain could not go to the idea mm-hmm. that Jesus tells us to love our enemies, to not render evil for evil, mm-hmm. but He's going to come back like Rambo someday and slaughter yeah. all of His. Yeah. And so it, it it was such a distorted view of God that mm-hmm. I just I couldn't comprehend it because it wasn't the Jesus that I mm-hmm. encountered as a little boy, mm-hmm. you know. And it's I mean, I mean, I I tell the story all the time. I said, "What we do to our kids." Mm-hmm. Uh, taking him many times to a lot of these churches, especially mm-hmm. evangelical churches, mm-hmm. is that I remember at five years old in Sunday school being taught Jesus loves little children, mm-hmm. all the children of the world, red, and yellow, mm-hmm. black, and white. Mm-hmm. They're all precious in his sight. And then the next week, they tell me about Noah. Yeah. And I'm like... Well, he drowned all those little suckers. You know, it's, it's like, it's, it's like, yeah. wait a minute. He loves all the little children, all the children of the world. We get, he drowned yeah. thousands of them and say, wait, what? Right. You know, and so that, that was mm-hmm. kind of the beginning points mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. of saying, okay, you know, either we're missing something or this thing mm-hmm. is, is jacked up and I don't want anything to do
1: with it. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting, Jamie, how that cognitive dissonance, we just somehow we stuff it. Correct. we 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 don't know what to do with it so then there's all these doctrines yep. that 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 shoot up to justify yep. all of the things that don't make sense and so it piles on so how did writing i mean you've been studying this stuff now i mean this was when you're 10 yeah. i mean you yeah. came back to the lord when 19 19 yeah. and so since then this has been you've been on this journey
0: yeah. Yeah. to yeah. Yeah. Went, went to college when i mean Went to seminary and, mm-hmm. you know, and most of the time I had to relearn all that because mm-hmm. they didn't, they didn't teach me how to think. They taught me what to think.
1: Oh, that's big. Yeah. Say that again.
0: Yeah. They didn't teach me how to think, but what to think. It was, yeah. it was, it, most schools even, uh, rather than actually just teach you how to think for yourself, mm-hmm. they indoctrinate you. Yep. Like we want you to believe this, this, and this, because this is what our group believes. Right. And if you think anything outside of that box, mm-hmm. normally you're ostracized. And I was always that guy, even in college. Mm-hmm. You know, hand going up like that don't make any sense. Right. You know, like right. you're, you're gonna have to help me a little more yeah. with this. And so, like you know, my book, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that book is like 50 years of my reconstruction, deconstruction, whatever language people are comfortable with, mm-hmm. of asking questions. And, and I didn't write it to even give answers, but to hopefully cause people to ask better questions. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I was publicly rebuked by the president of a, of a of a of a Bible school. And, uh, which, you know, the fact that it was a Bible school still blows my mind. And then the public rebuke was, you need to stop ministering questions mm. and you just need to minister the word. Wow. And so I actually didn't respond, thought about it for like mm-hmm. a day because mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, a- am I causing people to mm. stumble? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't want to mess anybody up. I sure. mean, like, like anybody. Mm-hmm. And then it, it it dawned on me because I happened to pick up a book I hadn't read for a while and right in the front of the book. It said that Jesus was asked like a 100, I think it's 60 questions. Mm. He only answered eight, mm. but he asked 300 and some more. <laughs> and so I answered back and I said, uh, I'm going to stick with the word because the word when he showed up. All he did was ask questions. Yeah. Because it, 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 the truth mm-hmm. is, I believe most of the time we already have the answers inside of us. Because mm-hmm. it's the Holy Spirit that leads you into all mm-hmm. truth, not the Bible, not, yeah. not the Scriptures. It's mm-hmm. it's the not Holy... the preacher. Hello, not the preacher. It's <laughs> the Holy Spirit. And so mm-hmm. I think the best teachers draw out of you yeah. a lot of stuff you already know. I mean, one thing I hear as I travel and speak is people come up to me and they said, "The last few days of you speaking, what you were sharing, is what I always knew on the inside." Yes. You know, and then I went to church and got all sometimes (laughs) jacked up in my thinking, but or, or what I hear is what you're saying is what I believed when I was first saved, mm-hmm. that I just like knew
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the inside. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. obviously that's the, mm-hmm. that's the Holy Spirit. Doing yeah.
1: That. Yeah. And what I, you know, what I, what <clears throat> I want, you know, my listeners to do is I want them to trust the Holy Spirit inside of them. And if something doesn't sit right, if something causes fear, give you permission to, to question it. Absolutely. And that's why I'm so excited that you're here and, you know, talking about this book. So how did, how did this, the actual book, come into being.
0: Well, I started doing these posts on Facebook. Oh Lord. You know, I mean (laughs) literally I just they were called myths and mistranslations number one, Mm and myths and mistranslations number two. And I got to about thirty of them. And Mm -hmm. it was stuff I'd studied over the years that I found either wasn't in scripture at all. Mm -hmm. Or it was just myth that we were taught. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, or it was like blatant mistranslations. Mm -hmm. Like like just you know stuff left out of the scripture or added to Mm -hmm. that isn't even there. And uh I got to 30 of them and people started sending me messages saying hey how can we get all these in one spot and it Mm -hmm. dawned on me I was writing a book Mm -hmm. on Facebook which Mm -hmm. you know which is funny Mm -hmm. uh, to to me but yeah Yeah. I stopped it on Facebook I stopped at 69 I I did 70 Mm -hmm. I didn't put the last one on on Facebook because I was like we need to get the book for the the last one Mm -hmm. Uh, I really probably need to do a revision because I mean I've got at least 50 more.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, or volume two. You
0: know, yeah, ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just the, the thing that a lot of people have enjoyed about it. I, I have a, like, a lot of home groups that do it because mm-hmm. they'll read like two of them mm-hmm. and then they'll they'll go study it that week. And then when they come back together, mm-hmm. they'll discuss it because mm-hmm. it's it's an easy read. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not real mm-hmm. heady. And, and, and uh, I tried to, and again, I didn't put a bunch of answers in it. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, it's more like, Mm-hmm. Consider this. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, we were taught this and it doesn't say that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, but then,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, be a good Berean. Yeah. You know, I mean, for study sure. study it out for yourself. Yeah, you know, Let the Holy Spirit yep. lead you in the truth.
1: Yeah. 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 There's all this extra doctrine that's not in there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some of them. Yep. Uh, some of the ones that I wrote down and I'm just going to hit some hot topics, you guys. So we're just going to dive in head first here mm. is this the, just the end times in general, Jamie. This one is
0: especially with Israel and Palestine, everything. Right yeah, yeah,
1: and and politics and what we, you know, I mean, just just I don't even know where to tell you to hop into it, but just <laughs> just give us a, a broad view of how to approach it. Oh my gosh, yeah,
0: that, that, that's a whole program in itself. It is. But, it is. But I, I I actually have a five and a half hour e course where I, I do go over all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I know the one one myth I mentioned is that. Uh, and I actually put the challenge out there at least once a year on social media. I've mm-hmm. done that for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, and no one has picked it up yet because I've got mm-hmm. a bunch of people uh, that follow me that are futurists. That, mm-hmm. that, you know,
1: are, and what does that mean, a futurist?
0: Yeah, it's uh, futurists believe that like the book of Revelation and, and like end times is something that's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, they would be considered like pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation or post-tribulation. Mm-hmm. I am past trip. Mm-hmm. as in I believe the tribulation happened mm-hmm. between like 64 and 67 AD mm-hmm. uh, that, that was something that was fulfilled when Jesus said it would be mm-hmm. um, and the antichrist is not something we need to be afraid of in the future mm-hmm. nor is it a person that's in there mm-hmm. you know I and mean, there's mm-hmm. no scripture that says the antichrist mm-hmm. and if it does mm-hmm. uh, your translation is wrong because mm-hmm. the is not in the Greek mm-hmm. it's just spirit of antichrist and the scripture tells us what it is mm-hmm. you know doesn't believe Jesus came in the flesh mm-hmm. it's mainly talking about Gnostics mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but uh
1: mm-hmm. And we did a we did a series on that, you guys, yeah, called the real Antichrist. Right. So you can go check that out, <laughs> and you can get this course if you want yeah. more. But keep going. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. And uh, but uh, I put the challenge out there all the time is that the the church, the righteous, mm-hmm. will leave planet Earth one day, and it will be destroyed mm-hmm. uh, because that's literally what most people have been mm-hmm. taught. And mm-hmm. the truth is. I ask people for at least two verses Mm -hmm. that show me the righteously planet earth. Mm -hmm. And the only one normally people can go to is in Thessalonians where, you know, it actually says we caught up to meet the Lord in the air and the last trump and everything else. That's the main rapture verse,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, which it it actually doesn't say we leave. It's Mm -hmm. caught up. It's not caught away. Mm -hmm. And it comes from really an inference of like going uh, when a, a dignitary would come to Jerusalem, they would go up to Mount Zion to greet him and then come back in it like a progression. So even the caught up is not like leaving. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I show like 18 clear verses in scripture that show the righteous and never moved, mm-hmm. you know, starting with Jesus, Jesus, in John 17, he prayed, he said, Father, those you've given me, do not take them out of this world. Mm-hmm. And I've said for years, I said, the church has been praying to leave. Mm-hmm. Jesus prayed we'd stay. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Jesus' prayer is going to get answered, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then, like Proverbs 10, verse 30, it says that uh, the righteous shall never be removed and the wicked shall not inherit the earth. I mean, mm-hmm. the meek shall inherit the earth. I mean, over and over and over again, mm-hmm. shows the righteous don't leave. Because the, just the com- from a common sense thread, uh, imagine Jesus redeems not just man. Mm-hmm. But he's the savior of the cosmos. Mm-hmm. So he redeemed the whole world system, the mm-hmm. the, the, the universe. He right. reconciled all things to himself, so much bigger than just mm-hmm. he saves humanity. And so if, if he did that and he redeemed it, but then he turns it over to the devil for mm-hmm. seven years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like going in and cleaning your house of mice
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the mice... Uh, don't have any authority mm-hmm. for a long time and then all of a sudden one day you just decide I'm just going to leave the house and turn it back over to the mice. I mean, n- none of that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And I've said for years that uh, pre-tribulation rapture theology mm-hmm. is like praying for the other team to win so you can leave the field. <laughs> and it, 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 just, it just literally makes no sense because mm-hmm. we're here to change the world. I mean, Adam, mankind, which Adam means mankind, not just the individual, the man Adam, mm-hmm. but Adam jacked up everything Mm -hmm. by, by his wrong choice. Mm -hmm. So Jesus says something very powerful. And I, and I I don't think we, we think this verse through very much, but Jesus turned to his disciples one day and he said, it's better for you Mm -hmm. that I not physically be here. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I mean, Jesus literally said for me to be physically on the planet Mm -hmm. is, it's not good for you, Mm -hmm. but most people are waiting for Jesus Mm -hmm. to physically come back. Mm -hmm. And, and and I I still do embrace a return. I mean,
2: you Mm -hmm. know, but,
0: uh, They're waiting for him to physically come back, like blink his eyes, Mm -hmm. and like Tabitha from Bewitched. You know, all of a sudden, just everything's fixed. All the evil's gone. Mm -hmm. Everybody's healed. But Mm -hmm. Jesus said, it's better for you that I not Mm -hmm. be here so I can then send the comforter, Mm -hmm. the helper, Mm -hmm. the paraclete, not the doer, Mm -hmm. the helper. In other words, you messed it up. You need to fix it. But I'm going to send you a helper to help you fix it because you can't fix it on your own. Mm-hmm. You still need my help. And so most of the church is still waiting for Jesus to come back and fix it all. And he's like, I already sent you the helper mm-hmm. for you to fix it. Yeah. So if you, want your, if you want your region transformed, guess what? You've got the answers on the inside mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. The, the body of Christ is sitting in churches mm-hmm. full of the answers to every problem mm-hmm. in their in their counties, in their region. And rather than actually praying about it, because I, I really feel, I mean, I remember 1999, one of the things the Holy Spirit said to me going into the new millennium, uh, that he tried to give the Microsoft idea to a Christian. Mm. But no Christian would receive a multi-billion dollar idea because they were convinced we're going to be out of here by the year 2000. So, I mean, why would God, Mm -hmm. you know, give me that kind of wealth Mm -hmm. just to get out of Dodge? And I mean, it just made no sense. And then even a lot of the event, uh, a lot of the charismatic world and word of faith world all through the 80s and 90s were all declaring money cometh and God wants us all to be millionaires. But then they were also teaching we were out of here in a minute. Right. So I'm like, so now it's the wealth of the righteous being laid up for the wicked. Right. But it's like, well, why would, why would we all become millionaires? And then we, Mm -hmm. then we're heading out of dodge and Mm -hmm. we can't do anything with it. So, so much of it has just brought so much confusion. It's Mm -hmm. robbed people Mm -hmm. of purpose, of destiny. Mm -hmm. And I've said for years, I said, if I, if I was, if I was uh, an enemy, if I was, I mean, you know, let's just, mm-hmm. let's just use the devil. Even though I don't like even give me any credit whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, look, if I was the devil, the number one thing mm-hmm. I would want the only entity on the planet
2: mm-hmm.
0: that has the authority to transform mm-hmm. it, to believe
2: mm-hmm.
0: is it doesn't matter how much they pray, mm-hmm. how much they love, mm-hmm. how much they serve, mm-hmm. how much they feed the poor, mm-hmm. how much they care for the marginalized, mm-hmm. that the world has to get worse. Mm-hmm. So their savior can come back and rescue him from it. Mm-hmm. And because then, why even try?
1: Right. I mean, it, right. Why, why do anything Right. Else? Right. A disempowered devil all of a sudden has the power to overcome the church. When, you know, I always joke and say, hey, if, you know, Damien shows up, I'm casting the devil out of him. Come on. You know, <laughs> but, you know, Jesus said, the, of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. So an ever-increasing kingdom. So I, Absolutely. I love that. And what I love about what you do, Jamie, is you really break it down for people. So even just talk about... You know, when we, when the end of the age and what we, you know, project into this future thing is not what we think.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I walk people, I do a whole teaching called the last days of the past days Mm -hmm. and walk people through. Old Testament all the way through the New Testament where it uses the word latter days or last days. Mm-hmm. And every example is talking about the last days of Jerusalem.
1: But of, people think it's the last days of, of the planet. Of time, mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. You know, and
0: mm-hmm. it's because of a mistranslation in Matthew 24. Mm-hmm. In the King James, it says, "When shall Master, when shall all these things be? Which, of course, all these things are Matthew 24. Mm-hmm. Matthew 24, Jesus is talking about the temple being destroyed, uh, Jerusalem being a uh, plot field, and he's weeping over Jerusalem because mm-hmm. he sees what's coming. Yeah. Uh, he knows the Romans are coming. He knows there's going to be destruction and they won't receive him as Messiah because if they received him, they wouldn't have fought the Romans. They would have loved their enemies instead. Mm-hmm. And so he knows man, because they're stiff-necked and they're rebellious, <clears throat> this this judgment's coming and the judgment is not God doing something. Mm-hmm. It's actually God taking his hands off. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally what, what Romans 1 calls wrath mm-hmm. is not God's hand on something. It's actually God saying, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn man over to his own desires. If that's what you want, mm-hmm. you know what? It's sowing and reaping issue now. And it got mm-hmm. nothing to do with me doing something. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to harm you. I mean, because I got nothing but good for you. But if this is what you want, just like Israel wanted a mm-hmm. king. And he's like, I got a king for you, but you just need to wait about 30 years. Mm-hmm. And they got too impatient. He said, all right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how many, how many of us as parents when our, our kids want something so bad? I mean, even if it's something that we know, uh, you know what that bike is too big for you right now mm-hmm. i know you want that bike but you need to have the smaller one mm-hmm. but we'll still buy them the bigger bike just because mm-hmm. we love our kids and then they fall they yeah. break their leg yeah and and everything else but we still a lot of times yeah. give them what they want because that's what mm-hmm. uh, loving parents do it's,
1: it's classic prodigal son absolutely you know it's classical absolutely. just give them the inheritance and let them learn the hard way
0: absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so uh you know that's where then jesus in matthew 24 the king james says they they said no Master, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign Mm -hmm. of the coming of age and the end of the world Mm -hmm. rather than the end of the age. And that word world, I mean, even in Romans 12... I mean, I heard so many sermons growing up in Romans 12, be not conformed to this world. So you don't dress like the world. You don't listen mm-hmm. to secular music, but that word is age. Mm-hmm. Literally, Paul was saying, don't be conformed to the age of law. Mm-hmm. Don't be conformed to the this Jewish mm-hmm. uh, sacrificial system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had nothing to do with whether you yeah. whether you dress right. you know, with, with, with skinny jeans or holes right. in them. Or,
1: or get a <clears tattoo.
0: <clears <throat> oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had nothing to do with it. And so, mm-hmm. you know. Once, once someone understands that that's talking about the end of the age of the old covenant mm-hmm. and then now the dawning of the new, it, it, it changes the whole way you view that. And it removes the fear yeah. because now I'm not afraid of something coming. I remember several years ago in Texas, I was preaching and a young lady came up to my table. She was mid-20s. She had a little five-year-old boy. And she said to me, she said, do you not believe the tribulations in the future. Now, I didn't say that in the sermon, but mm-hmm. she caught something because mm-hmm. they that have an ear will hear. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, actually, no, I, I don't. I believe it, it already happened. It was mm-hmm. a Jewish tribulation. And she said, I was terrified when I got pregnant mm-hmm. because of Matthew 24, mm-hmm. you know, that says, what are the woman who's pregnant in those days or mm-hmm. or who is nursing? She mm-hmm. should pray and not happen in winter mm-hmm. or, or, or happen on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And I, I said to her, I said, she said, now that my son is five, I've been relieved because he can run fast mm-hmm. and run with me away from the Antichrist. Oh, I mean, wow. she was serious as a heart wow. attack. And, and I just looked at her and I said, Let, let me offer you a couple of questions. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't just come out and give her an answer. I said, mm-hmm. Let me ask you two, a couple of questions. I said, yeah. Matthew 24 has terrified you. I said, You live in North Texas. Why would you have to worry about running anywhere in the winter? Not only that, but why would anybody in Mexico, Central America, South America, Africa, Australia, the Southern Hemisphere? Because mm-hmm. they don't have bad winters. Mm-hmm. So why would you need to worry about running somewhere in the winter? And she went, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I said, not only that, but why would you as a Jew, a Gentile
2: mm-hmm. in the
0: 21st century, need to be concerned about running anywhere on the Sabbath? Because we're not under Sabbath laws because mm-hmm. Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath. So mm-hmm. I said, not only that, but the equivalent of Matthew 24 to Luke 16. And Luke said, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, if you're on your rooftop, Mm -hmm. don't go back down the house, jump off the roof and head for the hills. I said, have you ever been on your rooftop? She said, I've never been on my roof. Mm -hmm. I said, are there hills by your house? She said, it's flat. Mm -hmm. I said, maybe he wasn't talking to you. (laughs) I mean, it's literally just the common sense. Mm -hmm. It's like light bulbs go on with people and she looked at me Mm -hmm. and she's like, oh my gosh, like this wasn't talking to me. No, I said, no, it was talking to Jews in the first century who were surrounded by hills. There was literally, Jerusalem is still this day surrounded by hills and, and the winter times can get bad over there. And, and it was like this, this freedom, You could literally see this freedom hitter. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's where I have preachers tell me all the time, I just believe in pan theology; It'll all just pan out in the end, which just Mm -hmm. means they're lazy and they don't want to study. Right. I mean, that's really all that it means. And well, I don't don't deal with that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't deal with that eschatology stuff. It's not that important. And I'm like, it is. Mm -hmm. Because whatever you believe about, quote unquote, the end, Mm -hmm. determines how you live, how you prepare, Mm -hmm. how you function. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I know like, I mean, my mom and dad, because of rapture theology, um, they don't have any retirement.
2: Mm.
0: You know, I mean, they're, they're living on social security and mm. if the church didn't still have them on like part-time staff, they wouldn't even be able to live and mm. function. Mm. There was no preparation for the future at all because, mm. I mean, we're going to be out of here by the time we're seven years mm. old, so why do we even need to worry about it? Yeah. And so rather than prepare the generations to come to, uh, to inherit the earth, mm-hmm. you know, rather than prepare wealth, mm-hmm. I mean, literally every grandparent, if... The moment you have a grandchild, if you would take just a thousand dollars and put it in a Roth IRA mm-hmm. and that when you die, it goes to that grandchild mm-hmm. and and they don't touch it mm-hmm. till they're 65, mm-hmm. you've literally left an inheritance to your children's children. Mm-hmm. And if you never put another dime into it, compounding interest is 65 years. Mm-hmm. They're going to have anywhere from like 1.3 to four or $5 million, mm-hmm. depending on the market. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... You know, but most people are just trying to pay their light bill. They're not thinking about leaving an inheritance to their grandchildren. Mm-hmm. But it's because of all that
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. wrong eschatology.
1: Yeah, fear, 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 Absolutely. fear, fear, fear. Absolutely. Well, we can talk about this forever, and I, I do encourage you guys to. Just be open to, to another point of view, even though we're inundated with it in the body of Christ. I mean, end time prophecies, end time, all of the, all of it. I mean, people are, people are making so much money, honestly, on the end times. (laughs) Um, but do, you know, do your own homework. Well, speaking of this, though, I mean, I have to bring it up. And again, we're going to just be able to scratch the surface and the time that Mm -hmm, we have, mm -hmm. but we have to also talk about the theology of hell and how it has terrorized the church and driven so much other doctrine. Even the presentation of the gospel.
0: There's no there's no
1: doubt about it. Yeah. And it's no longer good news.
0: Yeah. And again, I've I have a I have a six hour e course called What the Hell and, and it's literally like what the hell about hell? Uh what started me on the journey even of studying hell was my daughter, mm-hmm. uh Brittany. I remember she was about nine years old and we, we were, I was preaching at a conference and the man that preached the night before me was like an old fashioned Hellfire and Brimstone preacher. Mm-hmm. Now my kids had heard me talk about it, but they never experienced it. Mm-hmm. And I remember after the service, we go back up to the hotel room and she climbs up into my lap and she said, Daddy, that guy that spoke tonight has problems. And I'm like, what do you mean, sis? She says, he believes that our Jesus that tells us to love our enemies to not render evil for evil, to bless those that despitefully use us is going to torture his forever. And she said, Daddy, I didn't know God had any enemies. And, And the moment she said it, to be honest, it had never dawned on me before that Jesus never told us to love his enemies. He said, love your enemies. Because he doesn't have any. How do we know that? Because no greater love is this than a man laid down his life for his friends. Mm-hmm. And we know he laid down his life for everybody, so he has no enemies. Mm-hmm. Now, there are people that view God as an enemy, mm-hmm. but God does not view anybody mm-hmm. as his mm-hmm. enemy. Mm-hmm. And Father,
1: forgive them. They don't hello, know what they're doing.
0: That, it, mm-hmm. It's exactly it. So uh, her questioning that mm-hmm. at that pure mm-hmm. young age... Mm-hmm. Uh, it started me on a journey. I mean, I'd never really preached about hell. It never made okay. sense to me. Because mm-hmm. uh, again, it doesn't make sense that he tells us to love our enemies and he's going to fry his. I mean, it's like do as I do, not as I say, mm-hmm. you know, or do as I say, not as I do, mm-hmm. which no child listens to a parent mm-hmm. that says, do what I say, and not as I do, mm-hmm. because we teach what we know, we reproduce who we are. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that started me on the journey. And now I think well, I did the e-course uh, two years ago. Started in the last three to five years to actually say things publicly more about it, get a little bolder about it, mm-hmm. because I don't like to I don't like to be bold about being public about a belief system until I can articulate. it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if someone's questioning me, mm-hmm. I want to be able to answer it. I yep. want to be able to articulate it mm-hmm. uh, and give clarity to it. And so, uh, you know, I read if there's a book out there about hell
2: because
0: mm-hmm. uh, there's really not many. Mm-hmm. I mean, believe it or not, I mean, I only found thirty some books and I read mm-hmm. every single one of them. And uh, so I put uh, whole teaching together. And and the thing I probably discovered more than anything else is, number one, there was no concept of punishment in the afterlife
2: mm-hmm.
0: in Jewish thought.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, everything to a Jew was all about uh, how you were buried and redemption in the, uh, the afterlife or atonement. Like Job, Job says that hell or Sheol is a place of rest and peace from your enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ezekiel says that Sheol or hell, the grave, is a place of flowing waters, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, I was never talking about a place of flowing waters. I mean, it it was a place of, you know, eternal burning fire and torture and torment. And so, you know, then Jesus shows up. And I remember years ago, a very good friend of mine is an incredible preacher, but he made a statement. First time I heard him, I think in 1999. And he said, under the old covenant, the wages of sin was just death. Mm -hmm. But now we're in a new covenant and a better covenant. Mm -hmm. And Jesus shows up. And the wages of sin is still death, but then Jesus upped the ante. Not only is the wages of sin death, but now you're tortured for all of eternity. You're tormented by demons and eaten with maggots forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. And everybody started laughing, except me. I'm sitting mm-hmm. there going, "Wait a minute, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus made it worse." Mm-hmm. You know, he, he could not have made it worse than Moses. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know, we we don't even think about things of if eternal torment is real, then why didn't why didn't God tell Adam, mm-hmm. you know, if you do this tree, you'll die. And by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be tortured for all of eternity. I mean, I would have wanted to know that, mm-hmm. let alone, uh, how come How come Paul, who gets a, gets up in the book of Acts and he says, I have no man's blood in my hands, mm-hmm. for I've declared to you the whole counsel of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul never brings up hell once.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you think you at least told the Corinthians.
2: Mm-hmm. He's
0: like, listen, you guys got a leader in your church who's mm-hmm. sleeping with a stepmother and y'all are just crying, grace, grace, it's all good. And the pagans in town think y'all are nuts. Turn them over to the destruction of his flesh. So will the soul will be saved. And if not, that sucker's gonna fry. That would have been a really good place yeah. to pop that in there. Not one mention of it at all to Gentiles mm-hmm. because it's eschatological. Actually, mm-hmm. that's why I encourage people to to like take my end time series. Mm-hmm then take the hell series Mm -hmm. because every time Gehenna is used in the New Testament, Mm -hmm. uh, the 12 times Jesus uses it, it's literally talking about the Valley of Hanum outside of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. It's where Jesus would have been, his body would have been thrown Mm -hmm. if Joseph wouldn't have gone and begged for his body Mm -hmm. because it's where they they threw the uh, people that were crucified, prisoners. Uh, It's also where they threw the bodies of the lepers and set them on fire. Mm -hmm. And so that was well known to Jews. Mm -hmm. But I tell people all the time, he was talking to Jews, not Jews. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's so important for people to understand that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. in 70 AD, when the Romans came to town, 1.3 million Jews Mm -hmm. were slaughtered by the Romans. They Mm -hmm. dumped their bodies Mm -hmm. into hell, into the Valley of Hinnom, into Gehenna, and Mm -hmm. set them on fire. Mm -hmm. So literally there was a historical fulfillment Mm -hmm. already of that. Now, whether there is a afterlife thing with that, the truth is we can all speculate about Mm -hmm. that until the cows go home. And the church always has for 2000 years. Mm -hmm. And it depends on your view of God. You know, I mean, if your view of God is that is he's loving, he's kind, uh, he's a good father. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to view that differently. If your view of God is he's a judge mm-hmm. and and his justice mm-hmm. is punitive, then you're going to view it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So how how we view God is everything to do with how we view all this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I just encourage people to always, you know, one of the myths in my book is that Jesus talked about hell more than he did anything else. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, Jesus actually never one time talked about hell. Because mm-hmm. hell is a horrible translation. It was actually the word hell was actually added in the 7th, in the eighth century by by Germans yeah. to the
1: text. Say it again.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally, the word hell was added. But but I tell people this. Mm-hmm. I said I get accused of not believing in hell. I said mm-hmm. no, actually, I believe there is biblical places. Actually, three places in mm-hmm. scripture mm-hmm. called hell or mistranslated as hell. Mm-hmm. I said I actually just believe in the Bible one. Mm-hmm. Not 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 Dante's Inferno, mm-hmm. not Milton' mm-hmm. Paradise Lost, not mm-hmm. the Gospel the, the Gospel of Peter from mm-hmm. like the second century. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to be horrified. Go look mm-hmm. up the Gospel of Peter, which of course they did not believe was inspired. But I mean, he gives for every little sin mm-hmm. this like this eternal torment that comes with it. I mean, if you if you mouth off to your parents, it's like your skin is peeled mm-hmm. off like over and over and over again. For mm-hmm. all, I mean, like uh, someone that had a demented mind. I mean, mm-hmm. demonic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm convinced. Some of the people that came up with this stuff were demonized themselves mm-hmm. because you cannot have a view. I mean, I have a quote by John Calvin where he says, the toddler, while being held over the fires of hell by God, will turn and hiss at God.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like my my three-year-old granddaughter,
2: mm-hmm. hissing
0: at God. I mean, what kind of sick mind comes up mm-hmm. with an idea that God's okay with holding a baby mm-hmm. over fire? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... I mean, it's so ludicrous to me now mm-hmm. that I mean, I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like when someone says, "Oh, I have no problem with that." I'm like, mm-hmm. "You have no problem with that? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the matter with you?" Mm-hmm. Because, and and I, I tell, I say this to people all the time. I said, "If you're okay with your God doing something to another human mm-hmm. that you can never do to another human, mm-hmm. your view of God needs mm-hmm. needs redeemed mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's absolutely no way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't." Set an enemy on fire, mm-hmm. let alone an enemy's child
2: mm-hmm.
0: even even someone that mm-hmm. hated me mm-hmm. I, I set him on fire.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: that's crazy, yeah. you know, and what's crazy is even under the law of Moses, it was an abomination to set people on fire
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so so if if God gave this mm-hmm. law, and then he's breaking his own law. I mean it's just again a little bit of common sense, mm-hmm. and then when you actually study the scriptures and you realize. Man, none of this means what we thought it meant and we've read into it Mm -hmm. and then we've allowed our translators, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like King James, the word hell is translated 53 times, New King James, like 24, NIV, 12 times, NASB, 12 times. I mean, in the Old Testament, uh, the King James, if it's talking about the righteous, they use the word uh, grave. If it's talking about the unrighteous, they use the word hell because you can't send the righteous to hell. And so, but it's the same that meaning. it's literally just the grave. Mm-hmm. You know, like when Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades mm-hmm. when I prevail against it. What he was saying is the grave won't prevail against you. Mm-hmm. So no matter what people do to you, you're not going to die. Mm-hmm. That's He wasn't talking about demons and devils and, mm-hmm. you know, chasing you down. I mean, people say all the time, oh man, hell's been after me this week.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: always say, how's that work? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or I had someone say to me not too long ago, they said, go to hell. And I was like, man, I'd love to, if you give me about five grand, I'd love to go over to Jerusalem and visit the Valley of Venom. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I said, anytime someone tells you to go to hell, say, man, I would love to, if you'll pay for it,
2: <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. You, yeah. You,
0: you, want, you, yeah. you want to throw a couple grand my way, I'll fly over to Jerusalem yeah. and go visit yeah. it today. Cause now you go over there and it's, it's flowers in a field and, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a beautiful picture of redemption, but yeah. I mean, it's, again, most of it is just, we don't know what we don't know yeah. and most people won't take the time mm-hmm. to even study it up for themselves They're like mm-hmm. well the bible is clear and it's mm-hmm. like yeah but when you break it down in context and you look mm-hmm. up hebrew greek it's not as clear mm-hmm. and not as clear as you think it is right. and right. so i mean it's it's right. it's it's, it's mind twisting mm-hmm. once you get once you get the truth of it
1: and i think for me the thing that's so damaging about it too is because it's back to what you said that people are taught how to think rather than to think for themselves. And yep. because it's all wrapped up in fear and the possibility of being ostracized and called a heretic, yep. if you question it, it's truly like we're we are we're trapped almost yep. in uh, this place where we, we are afraid to even question. Right. Afraid to even... And then where, if you do disagree, like, yep. oh my gosh, now where do I go? Where do I go? Well,
0: and, and the sad thing is, I mean, we've made it in the modern world uh, a part of the presentation of the gospel. Right. When eighteen sermons in the book of Acts, not one mention of heaven or hell. That, mm-hmm. When they presented the gospel to people, it wasn't about the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And like when I, when I teach it, I actually you know go through the three main views that are orthodox that were not considered heretical. They were right. orthodox views through church history. And and when I share them, I, I say this. I said now all these views are possibilities. None of these are certainties. Because when it comes to the afterlife, none of us know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All I do know is I'm not gonna stand before God the Father sitting on a throne with a gavel in his hand, Jesus at his right hand, litigating on my behalf. That 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 court of heaven doesn't exist mm-hmm. because the Father is no longer a judge. Because Jesus says all judgment the Father is given of the Son. Mm-hmm. So the only judge is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus later on said, And I judge no man. Mm-hmm. So you know I'm gonna trust that he's gonna judge righteously Mm -hmm. and he's going to be full of mercy and compassion Mm -hmm. and but the truth is we don't we don't really know and that's Mm -hmm. why i preach the gospel i preach Mm -hmm. the gospel because i want people according to first john 4 Mm -hmm. to know receive his love so you have no fear on judgment day whatever that day is Mm -hmm. whatever it looks like Mm -hmm. that you live your life Mm -hmm. fear free Mm -hmm. and that's why probably one of my favorite verses and i hardly ever hear it talked about a lot of times is hebrews chapter 2 where it says he destroyed jesus destroyed Mm Made, rendered powerless, him who had the power of death and the devil, mm-hmm. so that
1: mm-hmm.
0: we who all of our lifetimes
1: mm-hmm.
0: were 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 full of the fear of death,
1: mm-hmm. subject and bondage yep. to it, subject
0: mm-hmm. and bondage, to it would no longer fear it. Yeah. So Jesus came more than anything else is to fear us. I mean. And a lot of it is the difference between the east and the west. The Western world focuses on the cross because mm-hmm. they put a focus on sin. Mm-hmm. The Eastern world put a focus on the resurrection mm-hmm. and put a focus on death. That when, mm-hmm. what Adam brought into the world was death. Mm-hmm. Jesus had to come deal with the death issue because mm-hmm. Jesus was forgiving sin before the cross, mm-hmm. uh, but he had to deal with death. Mm-hmm. That was his main re- main reason to come. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I mean it's it, yeah. it, it, it's it's just uh, it's amazing to me the stuff we've swallowed. Mm-hmm without even one time mm-hmm. going to look it up. Yeah. And, and again, that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons yeah. I wrote the book. I mean, this yeah, the, exactly. sta- the statements mm-hmm. like Jesus talked about hell more than anything else and he never talked about it once. And he actually talked about the kingdom more than he mm-hmm. talked about yeah. anything else. But I mean, how many times I've heard preachers say that mm-hmm. and they've actually never went to the Bible to actually find right. out if it was true. Right. And that's the right. that's the stuff mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I I want people to pause
2: mm-hmm.
0: and do a sealant mm-hmm. to think about yeah. it for just a moment mm-hmm. that, that, you know, I mean, I dedicated the book to my dad because mm-hmm. my dad taught me all those, mm-hmm. you know. And, but my dad's honest. I, I remember I asked my dad a few years ago, I said, Dad, where'd you come up with some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. And he was at least honest. He's like, I don't know. I think I heard Earl Roberts or Jimmy Swaggart or somebody mm-hmm. say it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, my dad didn't have the World Wide Web. He mm-hmm. couldn't look all this stuff mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And generations before, us said the best they could with what they had. Mm-hmm. But I still remember a day, mm-hmm. it wasn't too long ago, that if I wanted a Christian book, I had to drive a half hour to another town to go to a Christian bookstore. Mm -hmm. I had to pay for it and order it, Mm -hmm. then drive back Mm -hmm. home, wait a month. They didn't ship it to your house. They ship it to the bookstore. I had to drive a half hour back to the bookstore Mm -hmm. to pick up the book. Mm -hmm. Now I can push a button and Mm -hmm. within 30 seconds be reading the book. You know, so I mean, it's amazing to be alive and we have no excuse Mm -hmm. ever to be Mm -hmm. ignorant. Mm -hmm. But for me, the number one thing Mm -hmm. is any theology that produces fear in you
2: Mm -hmm.
0: is an automatic knowing it's not the kingdom Mm -hmm. because God does not give a spirit of fear. So anything that I'm hearing, if it's producing in me, Mm -hmm. any ounce of fear, Mm -hmm. I can know right away, Mm -hmm. this is not the gospel immediately.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think for me, and those of you guys that listen and watch my, my, my podcast, you know, because I harp and harp and harp and harp on our union with God, you know, for me, what led me into this journey was if I'm one with Jesus And I'm, I'm totally co-identified with him in his death, his burials, you know, his resurrection and his co-ascension. Well, then what happens after death to, to some, you know, like now there's going to be some judgment of me apart from Christ. So I just, you know, it just, it just, it, it tilted my brain. And so as you get the gospel and you hear the truth, at some point you are going to be led by the Holy Spirit into questioning some of these things. And so these resources that Jamie has put, has put together, you guys, you just, I just can't speak, you know, highly enough about them. Well, we've got just a little bit more, I'm running a little bit, we're going to run a little bit longer today. And we've got two more things that I wanted to talk about. And number one uh, the last one was this one that I hear a lot. And it's this idea that God is in control of everything. <laughs> and I think for some people, it's almost comforting. They some almost made it a comforting thing. Well, God's in control, yep. so I don't have to you know worry about it. I don't have to really think about those things. Yep. God is good. It's all going to work out in the end. You know, He's in control. Yep. And I love the the way you unpack that one in the book.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I use the statement, you know, God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. The earth is the Lord's of fullness thereof, everyone and everything in it. But just because he's sovereign doesn't mean he's in control. Mm-hmm. I, I use the example of, you know, I sovereignly own a piece of property. Mm-hmm. It's I'm, I'm the king of that piece of property. Mm-hmm. I own it. It's mm-hmm. in my name. Mm-hmm. The deed is there. Mm-hmm. But I can't control everything the squirrels do in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't control all the time uh, mm-hmm. the kids that, that, that come down our cul-de-sac and want to go between my daughter's yard and our, our yard <laughs> and, and go past the creek in the back to go to the next neighborhood over there. I can't control what my granddaughters do. Mm-hmm. On my property.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, but it's just, it's cliches that Christians say. And normally, when, when we're saying, well, God is in control, what we're mm-hmm. saying is we're trusting mm-hmm. that He's got our best interests. Mm-hmm. But when people that are not believers mm-hmm. hear you say, God is in control, mm-hmm. and all they're thinking is, so He's okay with the sex slave trade, mm-hmm. so He's okay with cancer. You know, he's, he, he's, he's okay with down syndrome because if he's in control, mm-hmm. that means he's behind all of that crap. He's not only behind all the good stuff. He's behind all the scabola, mm-hmm. you know, he's behind all the crap also. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're, you know, I mean, cause it's what we say. I mean, they're like, well, you know, uh, I'm sorry that you're going through a divorce, but God is in control. Like God had something to do with the divorce, mm-hmm. you know, or, uh, you know, your, you know, your loved one died. Well, you know, that's saddening, but God mm-hmm. is still in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like we say, dumb statements. I mean, I had a friend in Bible school mm-hmm. who, when he was 11 years old, his dad died. Mm-hmm. And the pastor that preached at funeral walked up and put his arm around him. He said, son, he said, I'm sorry that you lost your dad, but Jesus needed him more than you. So he took him home. Mm-hmm. And he said, he, he didn't want anything to do with Jesus until he was 28 years old. Because he's like, why would Jesus need my dad? I need my dad. Because mm-hmm. death is an enemy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why Why would God Why would God use an enemy mm-hmm. uh, to fulfill his mm-hmm. purpose? And that's where the whole idea of extreme sovereignty that our Reformed brothers and sisters and our Calvinist friends, I love you. We're still family, but we, I totally disagree with you. Mm-hmm. I'll I tell people, mm-hmm. I said, I am, when it comes to Calvinism, I am absolutely John Wesley. Because mm-hmm. John Wesley said that Calvin's God was worse than the devil. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm with John Wesley yeah. on that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, For that's sure. just, that's messed up. I mean, I, sure. I, I, have a, I have a quote by Jonathan Edwards, the famous Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God preacher, mm-hmm. where he said, uh, the incredible joy in the heart Of an unbelieving, of a believing parent while in heaven, looking over the abyss into hell and seeing their unbelieving children being tormented. They will be full of bliss because of the justice of God. I mean, now what kind of sick mind would even come up with that idea? Because, first of all, if I'm in heaven and I'm seeing anyone I love being tortured, I'm not in heaven anymore. All right. And I'm going to be saying, how do I set them free? How do I deliver them? And so, you know, all of this stuff goes back to these, all these fear based, uh, fear-based ideas that cause us uh, uh, to have jacked up, mm-hmm. completely messed up mm-hmm. uh, views of God.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And, you know, just coming to grips too, I think is also sometimes shocking with people just to, to even recognize that there are some mistranslations in the Bible that certain mm-hmm. words didn't even exist, right? I mean... Uh, You know, the word hell is not a Hebrew or Greek word that refers to what we think of, you know, as hell. Uh, I mean, heck, I mean, I could go on with these different words, but, you know.
0: Or or anything, anything that's slanted Mm -hmm. in your Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, it was added by translators. Mm -hmm. You know, like a great example is is uh Romans chapter eight, verse one. There's now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Then slanted mm-hmm. to he who walks in the spirit, not into mm-hmm. the flesh. Mm-hmm. So translators mm-hmm. had to add something there because mm-hmm. no condemnation is mm-hmm. too good a news. You know, we got to put a work in there. It's yeah. only if you walk yeah. in the spirit, yeah. not to the flesh. Yeah. So, I mean, there's literally, there's a plethora of stuff. Yeah. And on top of it, most translators translated with bias. Mm-hmm. So they would take you know, a a Greek word that has five definitions. Mm -hmm. And they would choose the one word Mm -hmm. in English that went along with their view of God. Right. And so, and they would put that in there. And that's where I, I people then get upset with me. They're like, so are you saying we can't trust mm-hmm. our English translations? I'm like, I'm not saying that, but do something simple. I mean, I've got a whole e-course on how to how to study the Bible, how to understand it, uh, and show you how to go to Bible Hub, how to go to Bible Gateway. Mm-hmm. Look up different translations. I mean, I, I put a thing on Facebook not too long ago where in the Aramaic Bible and the Young's literal translation, mm-hmm. it says, uh, God does not uh, does not get angry. All the other translations in English said God is angry all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like literally, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's like the polar opposite view of it. That's mm-hmm. why you can't just read mm-hmm. like one translation even of it. You, you right. need to take the time to be a good Berean mm-hmm. and study for yourself. Mm-hmm. And and like, you know, things like this at least causes you mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. think and question mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. to start heading you down the right road. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, the last hot topic that we're going to go into uh, before we wrap here today is just one that, you know, I've, I've actually caught some flack on it this week. So I thought, oh, I'm going to sneak this one in. And it's the, uh, the, the good old women in ministry, oh, that women must be silent in church.
0: Yeah. Well, but the people that believe that don't even go by it. Because <laughs> if that's true, they can't sing. I mean, literally, the moment you walk in the building, you shouldn't be talking. Mm. I mean, if you're supposed to be silent, Mm. which, you know, I mean, listen, any any man knows that's impossible. All right. I I mean, (laughs) listen, there is no way you're going to get a group of women together. And for an hour or two, they say nothing. I mean, it's I mean, God knows that. I mean, God would never write that down. He's like, that's just stupidity. And of course, you know, again, uh, we go back to we take. I remember I got stuck one time. I got I got tagged by someone that was on this Calvinist Reformed group.
2: Mm-hmm. And it
0: was about like women preachers.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I rarely, when someone tagged me, I don't pay attention to it. For mm-hmm. some reason, I don't know if I, I didn't have a lot to do that day or something, mm-hmm. but I decided mm-hmm. to say something. And then I left it. And later that night, I looked again and there was like 180 responses. Mm-hmm. And all, all I said was, you know, that passage in Timothy when Paul said, I suffer not a woman to teach. Mm-hmm. The word woman in the Greek is gune, mm-hmm. which is most of the time translated wife because mm-hmm. the context he's talking about Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he talks about childbearing. Well, he wouldn't talk to a single woman mm-hmm. about childbearing. Mm-hmm. He didn't say females can't speak mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. He was saying a, a, a woman. All right. In other words, a wife mm-hmm. that's not submitted to her husband. Mm-hmm. All right. So what mm-hmm. he was saying. And of course, we know submission is mutual. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that misogynistic crap. But in Paul's day, it was misogynistic. It was. Very misogynistic. I much mean, so. women. Mm-hmm. I mean, my daughter was the, one of the greatest joys of my life when she was born. I remember when I held her. Man, this is a treasure. But if I, if she would have been born to me 2000 years ago, mm-hmm. I would have saw a daughter and went, oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Because now I, I got to raise some more sheep and donkeys to pay someone to take her from me mm-hmm. because women were nothing but property. Mm-hmm. I mean, women in America 100 years ago couldn't vote. That's true. I mean, that's how far we've come. Mm-hmm. But yet uh, one of the guys jumped on there to argue with me. And he said, well, but you know, this word's also used as, as just woman. And, and the Bible is clear. And Paul made this clear to us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm going to believe the Bible. And I answered back. I said, okay. I said, so let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Paul also said, Mm-hmm. Slaves ought to submit to their masters. Mm-hmm. So, are you okay with slavery?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He said, "Well, of course not." I said, "Why?"
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He said, "Well, it's it's immoral." I'm like, "But misogyny isn't." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "I mean, we we've grown past slavery." Mm-hmm. So, we'll we'll pick and choose that verse. All right. Mm-hmm. So, we'll 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 throw the verse out mm-hmm. that says slaves submit to your masters, but we're still okay mm-hmm. with you. Ladies need to shut up. And without realizing, you know, it was it, he wrote that to one letter. He didn't write it to the body of Christ. He wrote that to one specific church mm-hmm. who was in a city that worshiped a female deity. And, uh, you know, the, the women were shouting out during the services. I mean, there was just a bunch of stuff. Paul was dealing with a single church about something they were dealing with. Mm-hmm. And we've made it. Mm-hmm. It's going to mean this for all time, mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. And so women can't leave. They can't do anything, even though women all through scripture, mm-hmm. God used and flowed through and And let alone in Christ who's neither male nor female. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in, in the anointing, there is no—I mean, God doesn't see gender. Mm-hmm. Men see gender, mm-hmm. but but God doesn't see gender. So it to me, it is literally one of the most ludicrous things. And the fact that our Southern Baptist brothers and sisters right now mm-hmm. are kicking congregations out for ordaining women—it's mm-hmm. like you guys are stuck mm-hmm. in the 1400s. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, I mean, it's like, are you even in the 21st century? Mm-hmm. We have a woman vice president. We have women governors, women mayors, women CEOs, women billionaires. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? You know, let alone the fact that God didn't take Eve out of Adam's backside, out of it, but out of his side. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're supposed to do this together and mm-hmm. co-function. It's 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 mind-boggling mm-hmm. to me that mm-hmm. that people are that fundamental. Mm-hmm which I would say a fundamentalist mm-hmm. is someone mm-hmm. that just doesn't want to have any fun anymore because they're too <laughs> mental. Um, you know, yeah. it's it's like, come on, man, just, you know, relax. But it's amazing how people will fight you to the core.
1: Oh, for sure. Over mm-hmm. that, yeah. you
0: know. And I remember uh, my, mo- my mother in the faith, Dr. Fuchsia Pickett, who was – one of the greatest teachers of the 20th century. Remember, she looked at me one time. It was about 97, 98. She said, "Son, that's a doctrine of demons." <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. And
0: I was like, "Yes, ma'am." Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, "I believe it's so. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I've been pro lady for a long time, and of course, you know, traveling in the charismatic world, mm-hmm. uh, people would always call us out and almost, almost like point at me that I wasn't releasing my wife.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because like, you know, she's like. Uh, Gloria Copeland you need to release her and, and my wife would be sitting there like you don't know me shut up I mean but Wendy's like I, I mean when she does speak up and say something you're like oh my gosh she just said so I mean singing all day long but she's never had any desire to preach or anything else because I, I mean I told people I said you you don't know me at all I said I would have loved to stand in the hotel room and took and took a night off and let her go mm-hmm. preach and minister everybody. I would have been, honey, knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. I'm for it. Mm-hmm. I'll help you put the sermon together. Uh, mm-hmm. Give me a night off, but uh, but it's, it just still blows my mind how antiquated mm-hmm. and stuck mm-hmm. people are. And and again with all these doctrines, uh, whether whether it's hell, whether it's eschatology, any of this, none of this has to do with our salvation.
2: Mm, it's
0: true. And, and and the crazy thing to me is how people will divide. Yeah. Uh, and separate from somebody that believes something different about the rapture,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, even though none of the creeds talk about that. Uh, it, it, none of it are certainties. Mm-hmm. They're called—they're actually called theories. Mm-hmm. I mean, like <laughs> I, I've been called a heretic because I don't believe in a rapture. Mm-hmm. That's not heresy. Mm-hmm. That's just a different view mm-hmm. of end times, and it's they're theories. Mm -hmm. And that's why I tell people, the only reason I embrace at least a partial preterism is it's the only view that I can historically prove happened in the first century. Mm -hmm. And we have historical documents that everything Jesus said in Matthew 24 Mm -hmm. happened in the first century. We can literally prove it Mm -hmm. with history. Everything else is theory. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people, I personally believe all this was fulfilled Mm -hmm. in the first century, but I leave room Mm -hmm. for some future things because I just don't know. And the truth is none of us do. And any time... We're dogmatic about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like my view of hell is 100 right, or my view of the end times. That's when I run from that person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I leave room mm-hmm. for all kinds of stuff. I said, now this is where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. and this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, that could change mm-hmm. in a couple of years. I'm mm-hmm. like, talk to me in five years, mm-hmm. you know, because if if we are reforming, you know, I mean, the the mantra of the of the the Protestant Reformation was reformed and always reforming. The problem is they didn't live any of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and I mean, mm-hmm. so I choose to live my life uh, being constantly reformed, but then constantly being open mm-hmm. uh, to consciousness, to higher truth, to mm-hmm. higher understanding, to letting God open me up mm-hmm. and unveil and and to continue to ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, don't live stuck. Yeah. You know, that's what I constantly yeah. tell people. Don't just, don't get so stuck in your little ideas mm-hmm. To think, first of all, that you've got it all figured out, because that's just arrogance to the core, mm-hmm. you know. And I always thought the older that I I got, I'd have more answers.
2: Mm-hmm. And when
0: I found the older, I get,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I have more questions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm I mean, stuff that I thought I had figured out, all of a sudden something happens, and I'm like, okay, well, God just blew all that to pieces. <laughs> I was like, yes. yeah. well, I, mean, I remember when we had when we had our, our church, uh, there'd be times I'd be preaching and I'd stop in the middle of the sermon and I'd say. Don't pay any t- attention to anything I said the last two minutes because I don't believe any of that anymore. <laughs> you know, but the truth is, when you've been indoctrinated with something your whole yeah. life, it mm-hmm. like just spills out of it you. Does you, you know? And mm-hmm. and I mean, it's there's I, I call it yeast. There's still yeast there. Yeah. There's <laughs> yeast of the Pharisees. There's mm-hmm. that 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 churchianity stuff that comes out of you, and then you'll think about it later and think, why did I even say that? I don't even agree with that anymore. Yeah. And yet, God is long-suffering, with us and mm-hmm. patient, and kind, and, yeah. and He allowed me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it was like, uh, I think we we're uh, talking the other day. I think it was Jeff Turner. Jeff contacted me back here a year and a half ago. And we were talking on the phone and he said, I was cleaning up my garage and he said, I found an old CD of yours when you preached for my dad in like 1997. And it was called like, like present truth. I said, burn it. I said, (laughs) And he's like, uh-uh. he said, I'm going to keep it for like your 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 party for your 50th anniversary ministry. We're all going to listen to it. Yeah. And I was like, no, I said, no, don't yeah. do it. it yeah. but, but, you know, God, did God inspire me mm-hmm. in 1997 mm-hmm. to share that with people? Mm-hmm. You know, did God, uh, did God, uh, you know, anoint me to do that? Yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, just because God inspires something doesn't mean he always agrees with it. Yeah. Just like yeah. he inspired some stuff in the Old yeah. Testament that he didn't agree with.
1: Yeah. And, and thank God that perfect theology is not a prerequisite to having a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> so, well, you guys, I know we could sit here for three more hours and just go through this <laughs> and hear this. And so that is why I want to make sure that you, Jamie, wrap up with letting people know how they sure. can connect to your courses. Obviously this book's on Amazon and yep. on your website and Kindle. Yeah. So talk yeah. a little yeah. bit and about uh, how people get stuff. Yeah,
0: they can go to Amazon Kindle mm-hmm. for the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on my website, which is him himhimconnect.net mm-hmm. or connectinternationalministries.com. You can get to it both ways. I mm-hmm. uh, also have an audio book with commentary. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you can go and download that on the website, and it it is my voice because I've been told that that's my brand, mm-hmm. the scratchy voice of mine. Uh, but uh, I actually read each myth and then give like a two to five minute commentary. So it's almost like two books in one. Mm-hmm. A lot of people enjoy that one. Also, I have uh, right now five e courses up. I'm working on uh, two or three more for this coming year. Uh, I've one uh, on hell, one on last days, one on how to understand the Bible. Uh, one on finding like your gift and calling. It's gifts of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Uh, I walk through fivefold ministry and 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 uh, Romans twelve gifts as well as. Um first Corinthians 12 gifts. Uh, and then, uh, and then one on the gospel called the more complete gospel, mm-hmm. where I deal with the seven things called the gospel, in the new Testament, the gospel is bigger than just get out of hell, go to heaven or get saved. It, it covers you know so much more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, yeah, and you can get all those right on the website and sign up to be a part of that, uh, social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, you can follow me, um, you can send me a friend request. I don't know if I'll be able to answer it because that stays pretty full. But you can uh, follow my public figure page. I put most of the same stuff mm-hmm. uh, on there. Mm-hmm. I also have like a closed page similar to similar like uh, to this one. Those were you to be able to watch the video mm-hmm. uh, where I do a couple teachings a month, and uh, it's a place where people can ask questions safely, uh, similar to to this uh, to this one here. Uh, for people that are interested in that and you can just inbox me on Facebook and ask to join that and I'll add you. So yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yep. So Bishop Jenny Englehart, you guys, uh definitely a resource in your journey. And you know, uh as always, uh thanks for joining and Take advantage, take advantage of Jamie's stuff and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to question. You're not crazy. You're not uh, (laughs) losing your Jesus or losing your Christianity. You might be losing your religion, but uh, that's good. That's a good thing. You know, so God bless you guys and uh, Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Thank you, you. Bishop, for being here. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Love you much. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners.
2: To partner with us, visit shalice.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalice's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at shalice.com. And watch Shalisa's free training, where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.